Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Lou Nanny is with us. We'll talk wild. Big win last night. Zach Parisi back in the lineup. Nino Niederreiter coming back later this week. So a lot to talk about on the wild. Uh, we're we're talk. We spent most of the first hour, Lou, talking about the emotional investment of Vikings fans with this particular team, and 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 how many other teams have you been this emotionally invested in? Have you ever been a Vikings fan? Have you ever gotten emotionally invested on the Vikings bandwagon, Lou? Well, very much so. In fact, one of the uh, toughest sports times I've had, I guess, was when the Vikings got beat by New Orleans when Brett Favre was playing. I think that uh, was the most emotionally invested I've been in the Vikings. I I just felt that that was going to be their year. They're going to win, and uh, just the way the game was going in New Orleans, I thought we were going to win it, and to have it snatched from us at the last second just was devastating. So, how would you characterize your your attachment to this team compared to that team, then? Uh, I, I think I'm almost as much attached. I, uh, at that time, it was uh, like a, you know, like a dream come true. Favre coming over here, who I loved Favre when he was playing in Green Bay, and to have him bring him that far, and it looked like they were going all the way. I guess I was a little more excited this time. I just feel like all the stars are aligned properly, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not even as concerned as I was at that time because I really do believe that. Uh, things are just working out. I mean, Philadelphia right now, they're going to lose, and so Vikings will have home home advantage the whole way because I think they'll win their home game. And, and I, I just think everything's breaking right for them. And uh, whether they are able to beat, I, I believe it's either going to be the Patriots or, or Steelers. I do think they can beat the Steelers. I'm not sure about Brady, but that, that should be a great game should they get there. Louis, not, not to counting teams that you either played for or ran. What team? Uh, what team? As a fan, have you been the most invested in? The, the ones not. not yeah, so not the North been. Stars. Yeah, but I mean, was was there a team as, as a kid that, that you absolutely loved that uh, broke your heart at some point, or a team like that? Detroit Red Wings. I mean, I I, I started following them from when I was six years old. I used to go to. Detroit to watch the Red Wings and the Tigers. I guess they were my two biggest favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from six years old to 20 years old, every year. In fact, when I was nine years old, I took the bus alone from Sioux, Michigan, all night long. It was over a 12-hour trip by myself. I never let that bus driver get out of my sight, especially when, when we went over to, uh, to Mackinac Island. They didn't have the bridge then, so you're on the ferry, and it's like 1 o'clock at night. I mean, it was... It was amazing, but I had to go and see those Tigers. And so when the Tigers lost in the World Series, uh, when it looked like they were going to win, 
I believe it was in the 80s, and, and they did finally win one. 84? And, 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 and the Red Wings got beat uh, a couple of times when I thought they were going to win once by Toronto, once by Montreal. That just that was crushing. So speaking of that, then what was the thrill like to be in Detroit uh, when when you, you saw your grandson not only make his uh, his pro debut last week, but also score a goal in that debut? Oh, that was so incredible! I can't tell you. First of all, as I just said, Detroit was always my team. In fact, when Blair used to get upset upset with me, and you know he, he was somewhat uh, I don't know ticked off that the fans liked me and that, and so he he just used to go nuts when they cheered for me. Once he pulled me off the ice, we were losing 2-1, and I kicked the puck from behind my net and went through everybody. Goalie made a great save. He pulled me off the ice, and he says, what are you trying to do, score a goal? And I said, well, I, I thought it would be a good idea. We were losing 2-1. And he <laughs> says, you just wanted the crowd to cheer for you, let somebody else score. I mean, I can't believe it. So, to, And so when he'd get mad at me, he said, I'm going to trade you. And I said, good, trade me to Detroit. He said, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I said, you're darn right I would. <laughs> So when my grandson gets to play against Detroit for his first game, scores a goal in Detroit. Yep. I mean, it was just an incredible moment. All I could think back was from me back at six years old watching the Detroit Red Wings going over to Sioux, Michigan on the ferry boat to watch him in training camp at Polar Stadium in Sioux, Michigan when I was seven, eight, nine. That's so cool. And here he was playing against Detroit. So it, it just brought back a flood of memories, and it was so exciting for me. So why, why did, didn't he uh, come back and play in the outdoor game on uh, Monday? Well, you know, Fast was hurt, and uh, Vinny was going to play. They had him in the lineups on TV even before he was in the warm-up. But they had uh, Fast skated in the warm-up, too, and he told the coaches he's good to go. And so, uh, you know, Fast is a good player. He's been there four or five years. And like Vinny said to me, he said, it was disappointing for me, but he said, I got to tell you, if that was me and I was fast, I'd want to play too. So I, I, I can't be upset about it. Yeah. Uh, Lou Nanny with us here, Mackie and Judd. So Craig Lee, we talked about this off the top of the show. Craig Leopold before the season said, anything less than a Stanley Cup championship will be a disappointment. And the, the first half was just about, with all the injuries, just don't fall out of the race. Well, they're one point back of the eighth seed. So. Uh, they got through the first 40 games, no Zach Parisi, bunch of injuries, Niederreiter, and they're not out of it. So they still have a chance here in the second half of the season. Do you still think there's a path to a deep playoff run here, Lou Nanny? Well, there is a path because you you do have the capability to, to win games when you've got your full lineup healthy and, and uh, Duke McPlay plays the way he's, he's played in the past and a number of occasions when he took them on, on his back and just, you know, ran with it. There, there is a path. Now, whether that is achievable is another thing. And then I think Craig was, you know, I really do believe that Craig was just saying that for public, uh, you know, for publicity. And, and uh, sure, he'd be disappointed if they don't win the Stanley Cup. Every year I was in hockey, I was disappointed if we didn't win the Stanley Cup. But you got to be realistic at the same time. You, you know, like I, I used to say when, when we get upset, we lose the game, and I stop and think, you know, at that time we had 21 teams. I said, you know, there's there's 20 other teams that want to win too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it just doesn't happen because you want it to happen. You got to make it happen and have a good enough team to make it happen. So uh, I, I think you got to be a realist and know, just have to look back and know how tough it is to win. It's the toughest trophy to win in sports, and it is really, really a demanding run to get there and, and uh, you're disappointed because you always want to win but at the same time you got to be realistic and say 
you know, we still had a good year if you're able to get a deep playoff run. Hey, Lou, give me your uh, theory on on consistency from Granlund. Because when Granlin goes good, Louie, he's fantastic. I mean, he's absolutely. But but we it seems like we see too many periods of time where where he disappears. What's your theory on on what it's going to take for him to turn the corner to be to be consistent? I think we saw it last year a little bit. This year, it's been much more fleeting in my mind. Well, I don't think he disappears as much as you think he disappears. I think he. Every I watched him last night again, and he looked good last night. A couple of things, and I said to my wife. He's, he, 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 you know, I used to call one of the guys that was my favorite player in the league was Datsuk. Mm. And Granlin really plays a lot like Datsuk. He, he's really good with the puck. He's good in tight quarters. He's unusually strong on his skates when he's in battling along the boards with guys. Uh, he, he does a lot of good things. And, and many times the good things he does doesn't result in something because his linemates don't capitalize on it mm. or they're not in position. I, I, I do not. I don't have a problem with Granlin at all. I do not think he he's had a bad year at all. In fact, I think he's had a very solid year for being injured, coming back. Uh, line mates were going through the scoring struggles, and yet he still persevered. And he, he didn't give me him any time. He's one of the better players in the league in my mind. His no, no goal I absolutely loved because he crashed the net. It, to me, if if he d- does that, if, they, if this team starts to uh, crash the, the net consistently, I think things are going to not necessarily change completely, but I do think it's going to be a, a definite step in the right direction for him, Louis. Well, it is because it'll give more scoring opportunities, and you do get dirty goals in there, and, and many times it results in goals just by screening the goaltender. If the uh, rebound bounces out and you're still in front of the goaltender or deflections, etc., so it, it always helps to have traffic in front of the net. And uh, the, the Wild, when they do that on a consistent basis, produce more goals. Uh, am I seeing this right, that Notre Dame Stadium is going to get a Winter Classic in a couple years before yeah, uh, the Twin next Cities? Next year. Next year. Blackhawks again. Next year, yeah. yeah okay. Don't, don't yeah. get me started. And then, I mean, you that's know. a fun little venue. And, but... and by the way, and by the way uh, I don't know if you've ever been at a, goal, uh, a game in Notre Dame Stadium. It, yes. It's probably the worst big Major League uh, football stadium in the country. Wow. Lou, come on. Keep going, Lou. I'm not kidding you. Keep going. Well, I didn't know you were so anti-touchdown Jesus, Lou. Come on. No, I love love Notre Dame, but I hate their football stadium, and I've never never lasted past the half. I'm not going to last past the half. (laughs) I I mean, they're six inches wide. you got no room in there at all. And they're just bench seats and... Uh, they saved a lot of money in, 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 in on those uh, benches and those seats because they're they're atrocious. It is the worst major football stadium I've ever been in. They, they only have preach, one. Luke, it's only preach. one deck. That's I mean I love I've been there. Winter Classic preach about it. But like it's it is it's very old school and the bench factor is kind of annoying. I'll give you that. Like sitting on a bench kind and of. the games are four hours. Yeah. How does Louis? How does St. Louis, Missouri get a Winter Classic and the the Wild? does not. And I know they got the Stadium Series game, so I know they got something. But how do the Blues get a Winter Classic above the Wild? No, well, that's, that's what bothers me. I mean, uh, first of all, they were going, well, it's who he wants. Then they were seeing well, he's got a marquee players. Then the Wild have a great year, and they still don't come back with it. Yep. <clears throat> and on top of that, I mean, Minnesota is... Where's a better place to have a Winter Classic than Minnesota? It's just... It's ludicrous. It's Stop and think about it. You got the Super Bowl here, you got the Final Four here, you got uh, you know the Frozen Four here. You got so many things coming here, and the National Hockey League 
hasn't brought the uh, stadium series. I mean, the uh, January first uh, Winter Classic here yet. That, that that I don't understand. Now here's the question: Would we would would we still go Target Field for the full outdoor effect, or would we cop out and go U.S. Bank Stadium? Oh no, no, no. I would go. I still I still go back to see CF Stadium because. Oh. You can say what you want. They still had the best sidelines of any uh, of any Winter Classic game. They even said that that they've ever had. So if you're concerned about the fans and you want the best sidelines, you got to go to you got to go to TCF Stadium. They, you know, when they came here for the Stadium Series game, they toured Target Center and they toured TCF Stadium. And uh, you know, I was with them when they were at TCF Stadium. They, they just couldn't believe the sidelines and how good it was for the fans. Yep, and and. What, what I don't get is this: if you if you put the, the main event here, the as to, to your point, NBC would be able to show so much of you know all all the events, right, Louis? And yeah. and it it would be a week worth of events, and it would be I don't I don't understand why they keep saying, well, we, we can't we can't give you a a winter classic when when the packaging around it would be or would have been absolutely fantastic. That's what I don't get. Uh, I know Leopold can't understand it either. He, he, he battled for it a lot. They finally gave him a stadium series game, but yeah. he really uh, he worked hard to get it, and they, they just didn't reward him. And I'm, I'm surprised. Craig's done so much for the league. sits on the executive committee. He He's very involved with it, and he's been uh, a real trooper. You know, uh, you know, he, he came in, and when they want to sell, he, he, he bought this team here. He had to pay extra money in Nashville to get out because the guy – the first buyer didn't come through the way he was supposed to, and Craig actually lost some money on it. Hmm. Uh, it's amazing what Craig's done, and, and I'm, I'm really surprised he hasn't given him the uh, winter classic game. Side rant, sir. Uh, last night's game, Granlin, no goal, okay? So they, they review the no goal, and they decided that the puck went in the, the net, so it's a goal. And then we get the Florida's going to challenge the offside, and they come back and say, no goal. How can we get it down to one review? I am so tired of, of especially, you know, you're sitting there and they say, okay, we're going to go back and look, review it, it's a goal, and then you get a second review. Drives me crazy. You well, agree? You know, the only way you're going to get it down to one is in the meantime, Toronto's got all those screens there and they're looking at it. They should be looking at the offside goal interference and that. So Correct. at the end of it, say, it is a goal or not a goal, and then you'd have it just all, uh, you know, compilated together, and, and, and it'd be worthwhile. But but uh, what it did do last night, you know, normally they want to they want the puck face off in forty five seconds or thirty five seconds, thirty five. I think it is after a goal, and so you don't have much time to check for offsides of that. But when you are checking other things, then the guys on the bench and their video guys can check for offside mm-hmm. and other things. And that's why they were able to to call for offside because they weren't sure at the beginning because they were more worried about whether he kicked it in or not. But that gave uh, extra time to Florida to check and see if there was an offside or not, in which there was. Still can't believe Louie disrespecting my Notre Dame team like I that. I am so tired of the Blackhawks playing. You know, my that grandpa game. played for Newt Rockney. Okay, he's rolling I'm over in his grave right now. I went to Notre Dame to see if they had a hockey team. Be- before I came to Minnesota, I never even heard of Minnesota when when they had called me. I went to Notre Dame. They didn't have a hockey team. Had they had a team, I'd have been there. Yeah. Notre Dame's the only thing I knew of in, in, in Canada because I'm in Sioux, Ontario, and so you hear Notre Dame. But I got to tell you, Notre Dame doesn't know anything about Canada. So when I drove down there, 
and I go and see it, and I'm getting gas, and the guy comes out, he says, boy, you've got a long drive. Well, not too long. He says, what do you mean? I said, it's only about uh, 480 miles. And he said, from Ontario, California? Nope. I said, those license states are <laughs> no. Ontario, Canada. Yeah. yeah. I was 16 years old. I'll never forget. <laughs> I said, we're only up to... <laughs> Up the street. How come you don't know about us? Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Louie. Appreciate Lou. it. Take okay, care. Guys, nice talking to you. Right. Yeah, you well, too. Nanny, just disrespecting Notre Dame Stadium. Oh, he's tired of the it's Blackhawks the being in that Winter Classic almost every single year. Rangers or Blackhawks now? It's one of their two. Uh, those two teams. What would? Okay, I want to. I think there's a there's an irrational level of outrage over the lack of a stadium outrage. series game. No, no, Winter Classic. I mean, that's what, I, got meant. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Game. I know we've had the stadium series, the Winter Classic game. I want to want to ask you some questions about this, right. Mackie and Judd. Okay. Mackie and Judd now continue. Get the name right, and then if you're lucky, you'll appear. On 1500 ESPN. Win it. Out to the line for Olofsson. Polito a tip. Collins scores! Into the corner. Zucker on the loose puck. Centers. And it's to Stoll. He scores! Huberto into the Minnesota zone, centers, Dadanov's all alone, the sprawling save by Dubnik. Oh, he looked like Spider-Man on that one, what a save. 5-1 to one last night, Wild gets Parisi back, Niederreiter coming back this week, sounds like, and uh, they'll have a chance now with a much more healthy roster to, to push into the playoffs. There's a lot of outrage over the lack of a, a New Year's Day Winter Classic outdoor NHL game. Uh, they, the the yeah, first one was in, like the, uh, the lack of one being in the Twin Cities, I should say. Right. Uh, 2008 was the first year the NHL put one of these games on. Uh, they they held it in Orchard Park, New York, up in Buffalo's Buffalo, Bill Stadium. Yeah, Ralph Wilson Stadium. Yep. So let's like the first year. Let's just, I, I'm going to go through here. There's been ten different uh, Winter Classics. Uh huh. And I think the level of outrage, if we're being honest about ourselves here is a little over the top. I get that it's Minnesota. It's go, the state of hockey. Go through it and you'll see the pattern. But, but Well, no, the pattern's obvious. It's huge markets and or iconic places with the exception of maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. There's a couple gripes here. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Minnesota hockey fan, I don't think you can complain about the NHL going to big cities like Chicago, Boston, or City Field this year, New York. I mean, that's the second biggest market in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sh- they went to Wrigley Field, yep. Fenway Park, Yep. They've been to Washington D.C., which is the nation's capital. It's a huge market. For capital, can't complain Blackhawks. about that. Yep. Uh, they also went to at one point. They went to uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan Stadium for Red Wings, Heritage, original franchise. Not going to complain there. Bush Stadium, the new Bush yeah, Stadium, complete reach. Last year, a bit of a reach. Blackhawks again too. Blackhawks get in this thing all. Well, they, of they the were time. they were the host team. No, then. but they've I'm only been the host team once. Blackhawks in that game as well. Yes, and then I think maybe you could. Well, no, but Philadelphia is an original team too, right? No. How far 19, back does Philadelphia? Nineteen sixty-seven, same year okay. as North Stars. The the second oh, six. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you could maybe Citizens poke Bank holes ballpark. in Citizens Bank back in two thousand twelve. Yep. There's only like two out of the ten that you could really poke a hole in. I just don't understand what I don't get about why they they didn't bring one here is the fact that that I understand the Wild's not a really sexy team. But if you had had the Blackhawks play here in, instead of the Stadium Series for the Winter Classic, the amount of of ambiance that you could show would have been fantastic. It'd be a lot of fun, and that's why I'm a little bit surprised. But they always they seem to always uh, like to go back to the same wells as opposed to saying, "How can we get more creative?" Okay, well, a couple like, things. Like um, they they played one a couple years ago. They played a Canadians Bruins one in Foxborough, and it didn't do well. 
Like, that's one. I get Fenway Park to me makes perfect sense. Well, they put 70,000 people in. What do you no, mean it didn't do no, well? No, but I'm saying it didn't rate that well. It didn't rate well at, at, at all, which is what NBC is truly concerned about. So, yeah, I mean, that one to me was like, okay, that's a perfect opportunity to put a game here. But again, that's Boston. It's a bigger market. They're looking for TV audience as well for that game. But they didn't get it. Right, but they got they but they probably got more than if you were to put here's my here's my beef if we're being totally honest about Minnesota hockey. Number mm-hmm. one, by complaining about it, it feels like validate us, flyover country. It just feels insecure and I don't like that. But number two, mm-hmm. is there a more you could probably name a couple, but how many more nondescript NHL teams have there been since 2000, since the Wild came back. Yeah. I mean, they've really, like, who are their, they've had Zach Parisi as a and Suter. workman-like and star. And they could have put a game here quickly after those two had signed, which would have made sense to me. Uh, but what I'm saying but is, they don't owe if that NBC, to... but if NBC is looking for good programming, you you are not going to beat the ability to to have a game here and show show this town because we embrace stuff like we love stuff like this. Sure, but other we towns do, really do too. Job. They put seventy thousand people. Right, in but these I'm just stadiums. saying, like like you didn't have to go once you went to Boston. You didn't then have to go back to Foxborough to a football stadium. You could have put the game here in Target Field. But I don't we, care. I think we're we're acting now, like it's owed to us here. But if you're let me, let me just real quick, let me yeah. put, put myself in the shoes of of a TV or NHL executive. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm looking to check boxes here. Well, the Twin Cities. It's a decent size market. It's like 15th in terms of TV markets. I think it is, yeah. It's like 14th or 15th. Yep, so it's a mid-sized market. Yep. So it's not you're not going to get a huge market audience for now in in the Twin Cities a lot of people would watch the game just like in some of these other cities. I'm sure a lot of people watched the game when it was in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh at Heinz uh, Field a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Number 2, they don't have big name nationally marketable star players. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't. Even Marion Gabrick, who is scoring 40 goals, this is before the Winter Classic age, or right at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. So if if there's not a Sidney Crosby and it's not a huge market, it's not it's not something to be largely outraged about to me. The va- I, I'm I'm going to call us on our insecurity. Your here. your validation point is a good one, but it's offset by this: the fundamental inability of the National Hockey League to run things properly. Their their own stupidity. They're stupidity. But like, but like, why is it stupid that I just gave you but all the not, reasons why they haven't brought a game here and they're all valid? But they're but what I'm How saying put a is star player on the va- damn team. Is, but they did. Mikhail Granlin. If, if Mikhail Granlin was a better they went player, out and they signed Parisi Suter. The those NHL. aren't star players. You're sell Suter. Watch the penalty no, no, kill. No, exactly. January first in no, Minneapolis. Brian Suter July, is, a, is not a marketable listen, player. Listen, dude. listen, listen. In July of 2012, when you signed these guys to 13-year, 98 million dollar contracts, it would have made a lot of sense to give us the game then. I'm not saying now, but what I am saying is that NBC would be able to showcase the event itself here in a way that they would think is very cool. But the NHL... But they don't think the, that, but obviously, the NHL, or they but would. The, but the NHL will never go to them and say, let's think about, let's let's apply common sense here and be smart. The National Hockey League, as they always do, will bend over for the almighty buck, and they don't care about another thing. I mean, this is a league that's about to expand to Seattle, all right? And they're going to get a cash grab again. They have a handful of completely unhealthy franchises that all should be addressed. And guess what? Realistically, one should move to Seattle. One sh- should have gone uh, in, in the, the expansion that we, we just had now with uh, Vegas. So the NHL 
is as short-sighted because the validation thing, I get what you're saying, Phil, but it's offset, in my opinion, by the fact the NHL makes missteps at every turn. So I think there's at least three markets that deserve a Winter Classic that haven't had one yet to host a Winter Classic before nondescript, mostly boring, never goes deep in the playoffs, no real national stars, Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. I would say Toronto, even though they've never had one in Canada, I don't think. I mean, they went almost they there play, with Orchard They play them in Canada, but not not for, for this. I'm saying a winter, winter classic. classic. Yes. Yeah, no, they're not going to I know they there. play hockey in Canada. No, no, I'm no, no. I'm classic. saying they, they've got something called the Heritage Classic that's played sure. in Canada outdoors, but you're not going to put a, a game in, in a non-U.S. market because clearly you're not going to get the people watching in your market. Okay, your that, markets. that's fine, but I would say that Toronto, Toronto, if you're going to... that's if, why you're if, not going to Okay, but that's why you're not going to put a team, a, a game in Minnesota because no one's going to watch it. Like outside of Minnesota, I who's going to watch that I game? I think it'd be a very. I think that it could be a very cool experience. But yes, keep going. Uh, Los Angeles, you have one of your uh, multi there, yeah. multi championship teams the last ten years. That's not, a, and it's that, the biggest market in the country. But that's it not would a make more classic. sense to put a winter classic in Los Angeles than Minnesota and construct the ice on a seventy degree it's day a, or sixty five degree day. It's a novelty. And then I would say uh, again because of the newness of the market and the excitement, Vegas. You got to think novelty TV. Wow, winter classic in a warm weather in a desert. How much fun would that be? I'm putting myself in the shoes of an NHL executive. I, I am putting I myself. I think you're being a little their, bit too nostalgic and biased I as am, a. If I'm putting as myself a, as a rooted fan of in of their shoes, in the there's about 30 things that I would instantly do better <laughs> than they do. Then why are you sitting in the studio right now? I don't know. Hanging that's out with very, Dave and I. That's a very good question, but I'm going to give you 15 to 30 things that I would do immediately if I were a Batman or I were an executive in this godforsaken league where they got franchises that are plummeting into oblivion and they're expanding at the same time. I mean, it is... You've got uh, unhealthy Canadian franchises. That's damn near impossible. Calgary and Ottawa are unhealthy. You've got two Canadian franchises that are having real problems and it's the National Hockey League. So I'd love to hear your business model. I'd love to hear you drop a business model well, for you how you fix you the don't, NHL. You don't take, you don't cash. You're going to put all the Winter Classic games in small markets no, without no, stars. I'm not even talking You're going to market that. Ryan Suter as the even, top player when, in the NHL. No, what I'm saying is when they signed those guys in 2012, it would have made sense to award a Winter Classic at that time. I'm not saying off of the, off of those two guys now, but you have when you are continuing to expand with teams like the Florida Panthers and Phoenix and Carolina. Calgary, Ottawa, when you are continuing to expand with unhealthy franchises, you are clearly morons. You don't have, you have a television contract that puts you on NBC Sports Network. You don't have anything well, actually, with ESPN. Actually, they rebranded from Outdoor Life yes. Network, but yeah. Like, but I mean, how do you, how did you not go to ESPN and say, all right, you might not carry a ton of games, but we need to be on your network to be on Sports Center to be relevant. It was much worse when it was Outdoor Life Network. At least it's a sports network now. It was OLN, and then it was Versus, right? Yeah, they yeah. went to Versus for a couple of years there. Honest to God, see this just I'm goes with you on that. This goes sure. this goes I down just, a path though of idiocy that continues to rear its ugly head. I just think you're guys. perpetuating like the validate us insecure. Minnesota no, I'm not. In, no, I'm not insecure. I'm not insecure. What I'm saying is these people are morons. Show us on TV. Those, those people, these people are morons, and I could run their league better than they can. Joe, Judd's more excited about the B-roll they'd show coming back from breaks. <laughs> oh, look at week. Lake Minnetonka's frozen over. We ah. would embrace it. 
We would absolutely embrace it, and it would be very, very cool. But no, let's go to Foxborough. Uh, yes, look at the birds migrating south across. No, no let's go to Lake Calhoun. The spoon and cherry where, has snow. Atop. Where Bill Belichick wants us off his field as quick as possible. Get these guys the hell off my field. Oh, like Mike Zimmer would want, or Mike, they're not going to be on Mike Zimmer's field. Yeah, because they're going to choose. They're going to choose, the, choose the third. Uh, best stadium they're to put gonna the game take into. TCF Bank Stadium or Target Field. Could you imagine doing a Winter Classic still. here and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to put you in the Gopher Football Stadium." Yeah, Gopher Football Stadium was fine. Target Field, the Twins desperately want. So one. you're gonna you're gonna run the NHL, yep. and you're gonna pick a mid to small market with no marketable superstars, a nondescript franchise relative to the rest of the country and the league, mm-hmm. and put them in the third most uh, the third most visually. Appealing I'm, stadium in town. I am saying give that, Judd the keys. I am saying that you could you could have easily you could have easily scheduled these guys for one four years back, and it would have made perfect sense. When Parisian Suter signed here, it would have made perfect sense. It's gonna be really fun to watch your head explode when they do put one in Vegas, but say just hell with the ice. Let's just do roller hockey. <laughs> you know I wouldn't put it past them. Let's break <laughs> out the rollerblades, boys. <laughs> You know I wouldn't put that past oh, them for one amazing. second. Oh, yeah, they could I do could, it. I could yes. totally see that. They could absolutely do it. Hey, Jason the... Zucker returns <laughs> to Vegas. Listen, that's where the knuckle puck was discovered. <laughs> that's true. Los Angeles outdoor. They mm-hmm. played a winter, or they, they played a stadium series in Dodger Stadium, seventy degree day. Yeah, Dodger Stadium, much more legendary in Los Angeles, much Target, larger. Than the Twin hey, cities. Target Field, I think would be great. I think Target Field would be a lot of fun. Dave, what's coming up in stuff? A uh, very important parade coming up. Controversy in college basketball, and let's talk dogs. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They don't fool around. That's why people trust them. I know. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Zillow with millions of photos of homes for sale and for rent, historical pricing data, and tools to help homebuyers find what they're looking for. Zillow, find your way home. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. Uh, former Judd Zolgad colleague at the Star Tribune, Kent Youngblood, chiming in. This is amazing. Phil Mackey destroying Judd in a hockey argument. How, how That's did right. You I was a heavy me? underdog going in. No one gave me a shot. How did Look you destroy me? me? You, you, gave, you gave me the platform to do what I love to do, which is call the National Hockey League brass idiots. I was Floyd Mayweather to your Conor McGregor. You thought me. You thought you had me in the early rounds. Kent's a misguided you thought man. I was. You thought I was uh, anyway. out of my comfort zone. I think my favorite part of the argument was Judd validating all of your points, Phil, saying those are great arguments. I absolutely see where you're coming from, but the NHL is stupid, okay? Yeah. <laughs> They're a bunch of stupid stupids. No, I said I said that Phil, Phil is right in, in that ordinarily our, uh, our inferiority complex would cloud us, but when you're dealing with a group of more Morons as big as the <laughs> National Hockey League brass. In this case, that's not absolutely correct. Well, let's start with a hockey topic. Uh, let's, let's keep this debate going for two and a half no, more no, hours. No, no, no. Let's see what go. happens. Let's go. NHL.com <laughs> celebrating the 100th university or university anniversary of the league. Of course, they have asked fans to rank their favorite jerseys of all time, boys, and the rankings are in. Would you like your top five? 
Wow. Yes. Uh, uh, can we guess these? You certainly can. Gretzky. Uh, no, 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 team jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's okay. not. It's, oh. it's team based on a set of years. Okay. So oh. you know, if a team changes its logo or the jersey look, it's a, this so specific it's gotta, set. It's got to be original six. Have to be heavy. Uh, Blackhawks have to be very high. Blackhawks fifty nine to present is the number one. Yeah, that's uh, a great I would say jersey. New York Rangers have to be on the list. They are on it, but they are not even in the top ten. Oh, okay. Uh, fact, are they, do the LA Kings? No, they are uh, down at twenty three. Huh. The LA Kings. It's it's Los Angeles. Uh, no. No. Tor- uh, Toronto. No. Really? I would think the Maple Leafs would have Well, you know what it there. probably is? It's probably the Minnesota Wild, and Judd's been right See, about this argument the whole time. Uh, Montreal. Montreal is not among your top five either. They're right, number go, nine. Go ahead. So uh, your number five, you would right. be very happy to know, is the Minnesota North Stars, 78 oh. to 81 specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Number four, Quebec Nordiques. Oh, I love the Nordiques logo. 79 to 95. Yep. I'm going to jump over number three because that's where your head might explode. Because number two is the Hartford Whalers, a classic, 79 to 92. Also love that. Number three, however, comes to us straight from Walt Disney himself. Anaheim yes! Mighty Ducks, 93 to 06. No, the fans are as big a The duck goalie mask. Quack. Oh. Quack. 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 No? Okay. Can I just go home and take a nap now? <laughs> so you honest to God. You've never seen a Mighty Ducks movie though, right? Is that correct? I've seen uh I've seen parts of the first one. Oh. I think if you gave it a chance. No. District five? I think I did. I think Is I did. Is it District give it Five? A, I think yes. I did give part of it a chance, and then I think I tuned out. <laughs> I'm a little bit out of their demographic for what they were looking for it's at the got time. The kids from the kid from Dawson's Creek, though. Yeah, Pacey. Can't Wow. Pacey Witter. Well done. Oh, I know my Dawson's Creek. Incredible. I I know my Dawson's Creek. Josh Jackson or something. Joshua Jackson, yes. That's right. Don't bring bring that Dawson's Creek trivia in this room. I was more of a Joey guy, but you guys are into Pacey. That's fine. Hey. Great actor. This is the voice of Chris McNeil. You're the Browns players. You're the Browns front office. You're the Browns personnel or the Browns coach, Hugh, Hugh Jackson. You guys aren't supposed to like it. You're not supposed to be happy that we're out there, you know, quote unquote celebrating 0 16 because you guys are professionals who are supposed to win. Chris McNeil is a lifelong Browns fan, as you can probably tell. Do you know what's the special event he has planned for this Saturday in downtown Cleveland, boys? I do not. Burn the stadium down. <laughs> not quite. Drastic. It is something that will start at the stadium and go around the stadium in just one big loop, which will kind of look like a zero if you're looking for above. He has secured the permits. He has a couple dozen floats ready for the Browns 0-16 victory perfect season parade. I love it. It is happening. I think you should celebrate it. Um, You're 0-16? Don't ignore it. I think you should cherish these low points in your franchise's history. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's Hugh Jackson, only been done twice in the history of the 16-game schedule. Yeah, Detroit and you. Congratulations. Who would be a part of that parade, though? Would the players? Would any players join in? Joe Thomas, Joe Thomas, yeah. have Joe to Thomas would for sure show up, wouldn't he? Absolutely should. Yeah. Remember after the SEC title game, the Georgia fan uh, we had this and stuff who got out the got out the next morning. His neighbor's an Auburn fan, and he got the microphone and the speaker, and he sounded a little like this. And I particularly like to say go dogs to my neighbors, the Falkners. It's eight o'clock on the Sunday morning. I just wanted to see if y'all could give us a shout out. Oh, no! oh, let me guess. When you go viral, you just have to go back to the well, right? Yep. So when your team wins the Rose Bowl, 
You gotta get back outside. Wearing the same pajama pants, by the way. But a very small Georgia football helmet on his head. Well, good evening, neighborhood. How about them dogs? We'd like to congratulate our dogs on a 54 to 48 victory over the Oklahoma Sooners tonight. Hey, Debbie. What do you think? How about them dogs, huh? Huh? Well, we look forward to next Monday night, whether it be Alabama or Clemson. Hopefully, episode three will be coming to you live next Tuesday morning, around 7.30. To all a good night. That reminds me of the, was it the Coastal Carolina football coach from a few years ago that gave the, we need more, we don't need no cats on our team, we need more dogs. We need more dogs. More That's dogs. Right. My suggestion Bulletproof vest, man. Bulletproof vest. Someone's going to come out firing eventually. Yeah, the uh, the Southern football fans. SEC yeah, they don't take fans, they don't take it real well. They don't have a ton of perspective. <gasps> I would protect myself. Well, let's talk about other fans misbehaving then. Second tier soccer, Scotland. That's where we go for this story. A statement from Falkirk FC. Falkirk FC apologizes unreservedly to Dean Shields and Dunfermline Athletic FC for the abhorrent behavior of a small number of individuals at this afternoon's Ladbrokes Championship match. The club wholeheartedly condemns the abuse witnessed toward Dean Shields in the strongest terms and we will be working closely with Dunfermline Athletic FC to identify those responsible. And they go on, it goes on. But uh, the... Activities in question here. Dean Shields uh, went blind in his right eye at a young age and had the eye actually surgically removed about 10 years ago. So the fans were throwing fake eyes at him on the field. Oh, I mean, that's not. It's <laughs> not surprising. I'm not surprised that's one terrible. day. It's kind of funny. They're just clowning him a little bit. It's awful, but it's kind of funny. I'm not surprised. I don't think that warrants an apology letter, does it? It's all good. It's sort of like class. fairly good nature. Sort of classless, but oh, it's extremely classless. Yeah, but classless can be kind of funny. It's once also in a while. second tier Scottish soccer, for God's sakes. <laughs> it's soccer. Though, what do so you expect? Surprised. I mean, look at some of the things that happen at minor league baseball games around this country. Yeah. It's soccer. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I don't think it's <gasps> mm-hmm. only minor league baseball I pay attention to is Tebow with the Mets. I do pay attention to the uh, the gossip brags, however. One of those being the Green Bay Press Gazette. Hear who Aaron Rodgers was spotted out with? Oh, I did see this. Who was it? Goes from Olivia Munn yeah, to yeah, some yeah. random soccer player gal yeah. that nobody ever heard of a little while ago. So they're done now? The soccer player gal? Apparently, because sources have told the paper, no photos or anything, but uh, these two were seen at Aaron's favorite restaurant in the Green Bay area. Culver's? <laughs> Buffalo hey, Wild Wings is really good makes there. Butter burger better. <laughs> Uh, the restaurant unnamed, but apparently it is his favorite, and they just couldn't keep their hands off each other. <clears throat> a Wisconsin native, soon to be retiring from her A job, Danica Patrick. That's right. Yes. That is the word. So she's split ski with uh, her longtime racing boyfriend, not husband, I don't think. No, just boyfriend. Uh, uh, Ricky Stenhouse. Yes. Junior. So she's looking for someone a little more mature and older. Ricky Stenhouse was like 10 years her junior, I believe. And richer, maybe. Uh, interesting. So she just retired, yeah. too, because she couldn't get any sponsors anymore. So she has a lot of free time. That's an interesting pairing right there. 
Did you guys watch the uh, the Bachelor this week? Ari, no. Ly- Ari Leyendyke oh, is the uh, is the new bachelor. I knew the indie car driver. I think Ari Leyendyke Senior was the That's real. It. I remember the old one. I was, yeah. Yeah. They yeah, had Ju- like a sixty year old bachelor. So Junior is more of a part time driver now. He's uh, into real estate and looking for his new love. And on nowhere ABC. near as talented as his dad, which is why he has. That's to why do he's the on bachelor. a reality show now. <laughs> I yep. knew I missed some show and I couldn't recall. Now I do. I missed the Bachelor. <laughs> I'll give you an update maybe later oh, yeah, this week. Yeah, that'd be great. Be very excited. That'd be fantastic. Kevin Stallings, coach of the Pitt Panthers basketball team. They had a rough one last night in uh, Louisville, got pounded by the Cardinals. This was the apology he had to issue after the game. Well, not really an apology, more of a explanation slash apology. Yeah, that somebody said something bad about my play- about my players, and so I'm just going to stick up for my players. Probably said the wrong thing, but um, I- I'm not going to let people talk talk crap about my players. And you know, we're down. The game's over with. You don't you don't need to insult uh, kids that are out there trying to fight hard and, and do their best. And um, so, like I said, I probably should have chosen some different words, but. Um, but I'm not going to let people take shots at our players. Now, what were the words he used in the home of Rick Pitino's former basketball team? At least we didn't pay our guys 100 grand. Wow, look at that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, maybe you should start. Those are those are fine words. I love I love that. Good for him. Maybe he meant that they get theirs for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> our shoe deal's worth a lot, but just not that much. Yeah, we get way more value out of our illegal deals under the table. Jim Peterson in forty five minutes to talk some Timberwolves and our buddy Mike Golick Jr. in the noon. It's Mackie and Judd and uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota, one of the proud sponsors of the Mackie and Judd show and also the Touch 'Em All podcast, which you can find on uh, fifteenhardyspn dot com. And I'll tell you what. Uh, if you stop in, they're open until 9 o'clock tonight. you got to get in and test drive one of these brand-new 2018 Camrys or RAV4s. So I've been a Camry Corolla guy pretty much since I was 16 years old. Uh, had a, a stint in a RAV4. These are some of the best vehicles you're going to find in the world. The RAV4 specifically... With the upgraded exterior, also upgraded technology on the dash, safety features galore. We're talking about one of the most spacious, best SUVs that handles and feels a lot more like a Camry. So you get that car-like feel and that tight driving uh, with the spaciousness. You got kids. It's hockey season. You got bags. Uh, The RAV4 is the way to go. Great gas mileage also for an SUV. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard is where you can find the dealership and service department I've been going to with my family for 30-plus years. Uh, and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's that time again. On 1500 ESPN. Hey, want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? You join Rookie at Shamrock in St. Paul this coming Monday from 6 to 8. That is, of course... During the uh, college football national championship game, it's the ultimate college football viewing party with Dosakis. Enjoy a nice cold one and register to win that 55 inch TCL Roku TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dosakis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. You know, it's like you said, beginning of the week, it's not an off week. You know, it's a. Uh... It's a rest and reload week, and uh, I think we got some good work today. We went back, watched some film with some specific areas we wanted to work on, and uh, we're getting better at them. Their defense at home has only given up 12 points per game, best in the NFL. They've only given up eight touchdowns at home, fewest in the NFL. They're only giving up 240 yards good per numbers. game. numbers. 
fewest in the NFL. I don't think anybody can beat the Vikings in Minnesota. Ooh, that was Peter Schrager from uh, Good Morning Football. Good Morning Football, our favorite show. Good Morning Football. I'd love to be in the boardroom meeting. What should we call this new morning show? NFL Network. We're going to talk football. It's going to be in the morning. Good Morning Football? Hey, that works. All right, let's do it. Uh, So he's super high on the Vikings. Absolutely works. I have a nugget for you. This is the final tally for the Vikings running back platoon of, and it wound up being a platoon because Dalvin Cook went out with the injury. Mm-hmm. But Dalvin Cook plus Latavius Murray plus Jarek McKinnon. It doesn't count the one or 200 yards that Case Keenum rushed for. CJ Ham had some rushing yards. There are some wide receivers with rushing yards. Just shy of 1,800 yards rushing, mm-hmm. 77 catches for over 600 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. That's what the Vikings were able to put together here in the post-Adrian Peterson era. All right, blank slate. Got a bunch of multifaceted running backs who can play on all three downs. Yep. They can go out of the backfield. They can block. They can catch. Teams aren't going to be able to key in on when we're going to hand the ball off, when we're not. We're running different We're running different formations. 1,800 yards rushing, 77 catches, over 600 yards. So we're talking almost... 2,500 total yards from scrimmage between those three players this season. And wow. if you uh, if you dug deeper, I'd be very curious to see pass protections not missed because that's been key too. Um, Murray, to me, has been incredibly impressive because here's a guy who signed here, I think, thinking, okay, I'm going to go to the Vikings and I'm going to be their <laughs> starting back and I'm going to play a ton. And then they draft Cook. And if you recall, Phil, the first four weeks, he didn't play that much. I mean, the first three three weeks... We were talking about him coming off, I believe, the ankle surgery that he had had a few uh, a few months before that. And then there was the whole thing of, man, he's probably going to be one and done here because Cook is so good. And, and he could have very easily been bitter, and he could have very easily complained and said, I didn't sign up for this. But his production uh, post-Cook has been fantastic, has absolutely been. And that, that again, is where I think you got to give credit to this team. When you look at the depth created compared to a year ago, when Peterson got hurt and you went to, and I kid you not, Matt Asiata. Mm-hmm. Matt Asiata was playing. Out of the league, by the way. He never yes. got a job this year. But but when you look at the depth created offensively for a guy like Cook, which was two backs behind him who are very functional and good, uh, Rashad Hill now, a backup tackle. Swings both swings uh, to both spots is played well. You almost said swings both ways, but then stopped. I yourself. stopped myself on swings both ways. Commend you, for but that. I did. I did come very close to saying that. But my point is, where Spielman deserves a lot of credit is they definitely went out and said one of our biggest things in 2016 was when guys got hurt, we had nothing to replace them, and they fixed that. Yeah, I think and again, I, this is all stuff that we're going to dive into after the Super Bowl or after the Vikings are done. But Jarek McKinnon has set himself up very nicely, not to maybe not to be a featured running back, and there's not even very many of those left in, in the NFL. Yeah, true. Uh, but to be a guy who makes like top twenty running back money, he's in his prime. He's coming off his rookie contract, and teams are always looking for those guys they can plug and play the third down running back or a guy who, if you need, could just carry the ball two hundred plus times. Pat Shermer's guy, maybe, huh? Could be. I mean, if Pat Shermer gets a job, the first right, the first two guys you're going to look at who are free agents are Jarek McKinnon mm-hmm. and probably Case Keenum. Depending on he his, works so well with Case Keenum. Uh, but yeah. if you if you look, if you're wondering, is it possible to keep two of these guys? I mean, Latavius Murray's already under contract. Cook is going to be under contract. 
would you rather keep Latavius Murray for $5 million a year on average or work out a deal with Jarek McKinnon? Um, I think they can cut Latavius Murray if they wanted to, and only they wouldn't have to eat much. It's like a one-year deal with a second-year yes. team option kind of a thing. There might be some money if you have to cut him. Yes. Uh, but you'd probably have to pay Jarek McKinnon around 4 to $5 million. Le'Veon Bell makes $12 million. Uh, this is average annual value. Mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman and LaShawn McCoy are both at 8 And then you go a little bit further down, and if I'm the agent for Jarek McKinnon, I'm pointing at like Chris Ivory. I'm pointing at Giovanni Bernard. Latavius Murray and Darren Sproles all making four and a half to five and a half million dollars. I'm saying my guy can be he's, my guy can be a Darren Sproles type, Latavius Murray type. Yeah, definitely if he gets Sproles the type. work. If you're Jarek though, do you uh, come back here with Cookback? I think if if I'm Jarek, I think I probably explore my options. And you want and if, if I can go, you want to pay five million yeah, for a guy, to a guy who, who might not play as, as much because the thing with Cook that, that makes him so good is he can do everything. Uh, Murray behind him is nice, but I do. I give this team a ton of credit for addressing the fact that a year ago they didn't have any depth offensively. They had so many missteps. So if Jarek McKinnon just walks away as a free agent, which let's face it, he's probably going to walk away, and it's not. It's not going to be. It's not like you're losing Everson Griffin. I mean, it would be a loss, but you're plugging him with yeah. with Dalvin Cook, so like you'll be fine. What do the Vikings? So they would tender him, right? How does that work? They would tender him. And they would have to put like a draft pick value on him. Is he is he restricted or unrestricted? It's a good question. I, it might be unrestricted. If he's unrestricted, you, he just walks. You, he just walks away. But but he would be good enough to get draft pick compensation for probably I would guess a fourth or fifth. Okay, but that wouldn't be until 2019 then, right? So you get a draft pick in not, like a year and a half. Yes, that would be. I well, hold on a second. I'm not sure about that. I believe it's a year and a half. To, I, I don't think you get the draft pick for the upcoming year. Oh, okay, because if a guy waits until June to sign, but then if, yeah, he'll he'll just walk if he's not a, a restricted free agent. He'll just walk away from him. But yeah. and, and if I'm him, I probably walk, and that's a loss. I think he could replace him though. And Cook is going. Cook is going to go a long ways uh, as, as he comes back. Towards replacing a lot of the skill set that uh, that McKinnon brought, it's amazing. You brought up the name Matt Asiata, not to pile on him. He's you know he's out of the league, and he was their featured running back last year. Yeah, they went from a guy out of the league and probably shouldn't have been in the league last year too. He was just you know he was a he was a third fourth went, stringer last year, and you went from that to one of the best running backs in the NFL to one of the best platoons in the NFL. You had T.J. Clemmings. Yeah, T.J. Clemmings was trying to play left tackle. He had no business trying to play that spot, but he was trying. I mean, their their backups offensively last year, for the most part, were horrendous. Their starters weren't that good. Khalil and Smith at the tackles. Andre Smith was a complete bust. Yep. Uh, so let's come back. Vikings weekly prop bets on the other side of this. Just a two-minute break here. And then Jim Peterson will join us in about a half hour to talk some Timberwolves who are surging in the Western Conference. And Mike Golick Jr. at 12.15. Mackie and Judd. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.